Hello and welcome to Digital Know-How. This podcast is brought to you by Digital Works Group. Our team of experts share straight talking, no-nonsense, practical information and tips to give you great advice on successful digital transformation. Don't forget to subscribe and follow our digital education series. Digital transformation. What does it mean for my business? How do I talk about it? Why is it such a buzzword? And, and, and why is digital as a, uh, as a technology uh, rapidly changing businesses? Digital Works Group have recorded a series of interactive educational webinars. So we've taken the audio from those webinars to kickstart this podcast series. In the first episode, we start by joining Richard Moorcroft as he explains the basics of what digital transformation is and why it's important for every business. So here's Richard with Breaking Down Digital Transformation. Here at DWG, we, we have our four, four elements to when we talk about digital transformation. Uh, now, digital transformation is a buzzword, uh, has been around for quite some time. Um, there are lots of people who, who talk about what it is, and, and we'll talk a little bit about our, our view on that. But broadly, we separate it down into four areas. Uh, one is around education, and that's broadly what we'll be talking about today. Is this really just trying to understand, well, what does it mean for my business? How do I talk about it? Um, why is it such a buzzword? And, and, and why is digital as a, uh, as a technology uh, rapidly changing businesses? We talk about the evolution of businesses uh, and the evolution curve and the multiple stages that businesses go through when they're adopting digital technologies. Um, uh, then we talk about the blueprints, i.e. the blueprints of you know, how to deliver. Uh, and then finally, um, what, what we refer to as a change framework. And we'll talk a little bit about that in this session when we talk about framework, particularly about the critical success factors on successful uh, digital change. Um, uh, it could be a small piece or a large piece. The framework still applies to both. So... Again, to recap, we'll talk about what is digital transformation, we'll talk about the, the impact, what is the impact we're seeing in business, and then we'll start to say, well, how do I start for maximum impact? How do I set myself up for success? And, and actually, this uh, methodology applies um, throughout, uh, uh, whether you're doing an existing small business that you're going to grow, or you're going to change, or a very, very large business. Um, uh, and you know we'd we'd um, we'd like to really like to understand from you uh, on the poll now that you're seeing is is that you know what what is it that your top reason for joining today? So we can steer this will help me steer the, the relevant subjects. Um, uh, and if there are particular um, particular uh, elements, uh, we can address those through those Q and A. So I'll just give you ten seconds to to have a look at that um, poll that Sophie's posted. Uh, and you'll see, by the way, on the left, we have those poll coming, so you can be expecting that to come. Um, but I think, you know, give me a steer as to what the, the majority of you are wanting to, to see today. Okay. So I think the you know, two thirds of you uh, have now uh, voted, uh, and I think there are two themes that are coming out. Uh, I'll give it another 10 seconds. There we go. So uh, broadly, you go into two categories. Now I can share these results with you, so hopefully you'll be able to see those. That you know, 50% of you are understanding what it really means, and I think hopefully we can 
we can break that down into what digital transformation of an organization means. And I will talk a little bit about indeed the mechanics uh, of, of what digital is doing to businesses. And then there's the use cases. I will pepper what we're talking about today with use case. Um, when we go into the next stage about blueprints, um, in the next sessions, there will be more about use cases. We will give specific use cases in specific areas of how of the good and the bad, because I think it's useful to see both uh, successful uh, digital change as well as uh, the impact of native. But they they will be sewn in. So we'll talk a lot about digital transformation, what it really means, and then I'll, I'll interject with some uh, some. Uh, uh, examples of businesses that have uh, done this well. Uh, I tend to promote the ones that have done it well uh, in terms of names and those that have done it badly I leave out the names just because that's uh, uh, the right thing to do um, but um, so I can potentially tell you what type of sectors they are etc. So let's get cracking let's talk about it well so um, I think um, you know uh, what all the questions I get really are uh, around so why why is it such a big deal? Why is it happening now? Why 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 haven't you know we've had the web for a very long time? Why has all of a sudden digital become such a big deal? And I think you know we can quickly look at um, uh, uh, at the history um, of uh, there's another poll there. Sorry, I, I forgot about that one. Um, uh, the, there's another poll coming, so we can quickly look at the history of commerce generally over the last hundred years or so. And it's been a very sort of uh, evolutionary, almost glacial in comparison to the change that we're seeing in digital now. 1900 to 1950, it was a standard commercial model. We you manufactured something, you created something, it, you, know, you, you made people aware of it, uh, but it was a, a, still a push, it was a, a sell, build it and there will come. You know, um, T, uh, Henry Ford uh, famously said, you can have any color you like as long as it's black. He knew that customers wanted something, but he wasn't customizing for it. He wasn't taking, you know, orders for it. He was saying, here it is, if you like it, take it. If you don't, don't. Um, and their model was really a cost plus rule. So it was, this is what it's going to cost. We'll make a margin on top. Um, and that margin was based on demand uh, 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 and maybe exclusivity, limited numbers, et cetera, et cetera. With the rise of uh, international travel, transportation, uh, after the war, there was a huge growth in distribution. So, yes, you'd have a larger number of sales. You know, anybody that's watched Mad Men um, uh, in, in, uh, that was based on the 50s, 60s, and early 70s, that was an era about advertising. It was about creating a brand, but it was still about awareness. It was about distribution, growth, advertising to sell. But it was still push. And the, 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 the model there was a cost, plus, a cost of sale rules. How much did it cost to get it out there? Did I still make a margin? And then around 1990, things start to radically change um, because no longer was the, the same model. It, it, data started to become important. Who are my target audience? But still, we had a limited number of influencers. The internet, the rise of Amazon. Sell once, another, another like it, and use data to drive my sales. Who's buying it? What are they interested in? Um, you know, I, I remember my first purchase on Amazon was a camera. Um, and then for months afterwards, all they did was recommend more cameras to me. And I, and I thought, well, I've just bought one. I actually want to know what did people who like me buy next? That's what's more interesting. But it was still a push. It was still, um, you know, th this is what we've got to offer. Um, and then things started to radically change with the, the invention of the social media. This is where um, 
we as individuals had the ability to inform and score and give our views on products and, and Amazon had started to build their uh, rating system. Um, so the model started to now become much more, many, many more influencers on a sale. The, digita the digitization, the multi-connected element of a, of a, of a business, um, having input from lots and lots of areas, started to make it very, very complex, very quickly. Um, and, and the model started to be more choice, more about pull, I choose, I don't get pushed a product. Yes, advertising is still important, but actually uh, advertising is about awareness and about building uh, 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 knowledge. Um, and of course, this it then becomes about, well, what is the customer experience that we're now creating? What does my brand stand for? Brand attributes, etc. All of these things have moved into very much more of me as an individual being in, cho in charge of what I want to buy and where I search and who I talk to and what recommendations I give. So, Thanks. So there's a little bit, while I've been talking about that, there's been a little bit of fun here. We're just saying, uh, according to the World Economic Forum, how much do they estimate the digital transformation will add to businesses um, in the next 10 years? Um, so most of you, over uh, 55%, uh, have voted for 50 trillion. Um, uh, and um, I think Sophie... I don't have the result, the, the, the results to hand, but if you wouldn't it's mind letting the Yeah, it's, it's actually a hundred trillion, believe it so, or not. It seems like a massive, so, massive number. Yeah, just 9% uh, just, uh, of you were, were right on, on, on the money there. So, um, uh, but you, you all recognised it's a very large number, uh, which I think is very encouraging. Um, so uh, I think digital is, is an inevitable march, and I think hopefully we'll... we'll um, We'll be able to uh, we'll be able to express how, how much um, more that can be done in businesses. Um, digital so digital technology is what is it the is the explosion behind digital transformation. So just to give you a uh, a viewpoint, the little graphics here. I'm not, I'm not about to go into the details, but the number of people developing technology, the number of organisations creating uh, 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 um, digitally enabled technologies is, is, is just, it, it continues to grow. Um, you know, this, the, the, the graphics you can see here are about the media and media marketing uh, platform. So only uh, as little as eight years ago, there were only around 150 players. There are now 7,000 players. So it's a very complex environment. Um, it, it's really difficult to, to navigate. Um, there is lots and lots and lots of choice. Um, uh, of how to do things we're using digital technology. There is more and more data um, than we've ever seen being created. But what, the question is, what are we doing with it? Um, then we're starting to connect to the internet of things. Excuse me. Now we've got bots. We've got um, uh, you know, uh, uh, artificial intelligence. So the question is, it isn't a question of uh, you know, uh, um, if this technology is going to... Um, uh, takeover it sort of already has uh, and the question is is that how do we as individuals how do we as people embrace it to deliver the benefits to us to our customers to our, each other to our employees um, uh, to, to maximize benefit and this is where digital transformation pivots because digital transformation isn't um, about purely about technology it has technology at the core but digital transformation is how we as individuals interact and use technology. And I think one of the 
you know, the biggest mistakes that we see in digital transformation is that they think it should be technology led. And yes, the, the capabilities of technology should be brought in, i.e. the art of what's possible. Um, but, but actually, we have to think about the macro environment of humans and how humans need technology to change models, to change. How are we delivering a customer experience um, or an employee experience that is beneficial, that is embracing that technology, that is more productive, um, gives, us, gives us greater reach as an organization? And we'll talk about these mechanics um, when we talk about um, uh, the, the sort of evolution of business. So what's the impact? Well, I'm sure you've all got stories of how you've seen digital change things. Um, but it, you know, it's the reason why uh, just over half of the 4,500 companies have disappeared since 2000. So in 20 years, 250 businesses from the top of the tree in America have gone. And they've been replaced by new businesses that are much, much, much younger. Um, and this cycle of evolution of change is what we're seeing is this huge rapid uh, process um, you know, and, all, and now we're also seeing that actually um, you know a, a large almost half of business leaders are saying that they are looking um, and at early stages of becoming digital trans uh, a digital business now where they are we'll talk about on the evolution um, but we all know a lot of businesses are, you know, I meet businesses that have a on a surface of it or digital but actually everything behind is just the same as it always was and actually the, the the hard yards of digital transformation aren't about having a funky website they're actually about how your organization delivers what it delivers um, we've got another poll coming up here, uh, but I think, uh, you know, the, the march of digital and the evolution is, is, um, is actually uh, almost re uh, uh, relentless and unstoppable, in my view. Um, you know, technology will uh, take, aw take away the need for a lot of people uh, in certain areas. So we as a skills base, as a, as a human race, need to adapt and see that coming and, and organizations can do that i've got a very good example uh, when we talk about uh, on the next slide about um a, a business that saw digital a huge part of its workforce saw digital as being a threat because it was going to take jobs away from them uh, but actually um when when we positioned a, a new strategy for them all those people instantly saw it as a massive tool for benefit to improve service to become better at what they do today so here on this poll we're saying what are your top motivators and this is for you or your business um, uh, um, but it, it is top motivators for digital transformation so is it I mean, you know is it about understanding for customers is it about experience etc and, and we probably expect a little bit of a mix uh, of people here uh, that, that will vote um, but I think you know it, 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 it means different things to different people and I think um, when we go on to the next section, we'll start to answer some of your specific queries uh, and look at this uh, poll in a little bit more detail. Because ultimately, you're here to learn from us. And these slides have, uh, uh, have hopefully been useful in setting the scene, but actually we need to get into saying, well, okay, what is it you specifically you want to learn? What, why are you turned up today? And why is it going to be valuable? And how can you walk away from this webinar going, okay, I now can talk a little bit more about digital transformation. I can understand a little bit more about, I can break it down. Uh, and I can answer some of these questions, which are, what are your, you know, why are you motivated to be here? And we've got a real mix, actually. So I'm going to give it another 20 seconds because there's still people uh, voting. Um, but there's a real mix. A few things... Um, 
starting to to pop out um, uh, around technology and experiences. But we'll give it twenty more seconds, and and then we'll um, I'll share the results with you. Excuse me. Great. Well, thank you to those that uh, have voted. Um, we're a real mix, actually. Um, uh, you've got quite a, uh, a, a mix of, uh, you know, you can kind of multiple choice. Um, and, and some things are slightly ahead of others. So I'll share those with you now. So this question, as you see, was what are your top motivators? Um, and, you know, about half of you have said you improve the understanding for your customers. Um, a, a few more so to manage improved business performance. Absolutely, totally get that one. Um, achieve growth through newly enhanced digital products and services. Um, and what we'll try and do is, I'll just take a couple of notes of these and, and um, uh, I'll try and put these on a map and, and give you views as to if you want to achieve these things, what is it you need to do? And we'll talk about that in the, the next slides. So it's uh, understanding. Uh, we have um, enable worker productivity, that's fantastic. Productivity, and then there's growth. Um, and then there's develop new revenues, new revenues. You're playing into my hands here, guys. This is fantastic. So we can talk uh, 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 quite a lot. So let's um, crack on. So uh, why is it so confusing? So I'm just going to stop sharing those results. So clear your screen. I think part, part of the confusion around digital is because people like it to be complex. Um, they like to feel that uh, technology um, is very, very important, and, and, and it is. Um, and um, uh, I think the other thing is, is that it is, is moving so fast that it's very difficult to keep up. I spend a lot of time learning about new capabilities, uh, and I know I'm not up to speed. I know I'm not ahead. Uh, of the curve, uh, but it is my uh, our job at Digital Works to try and keep up with what's going on, and, and it's confusing because it's moving at such a pace. Um, you know, only uh, ten only ten years ago, social media didn't really exist, and the impact of social media and how it drives uh, and um, you know how it's uh, driving huge amounts of data, huge amounts of interactivity swings. You know, we've had um, social media is responsible for some of the, mo the biggest revolutions in misinformation in the last 10 years that we've ever seen. Uh, and they're so rapid, the rise of fake news, um, the, you know, the, the, the investigations into um, big, uh, big events being fixed or influenced by social media, by advertising, etc. The, these tools have become weapons as well as um, tools. Um, and, that, and that is um, you know, just... Uh, just like any uh, a, a revolution, um, there is multiple uses for the same uh, uh, capabilities. So it's right that it causes confusion. Is, th is something a threat? Is it, is it an opportunity? Uh, and that cycle of change is happening so quickly that we, what we need to do is to start to break down um, and look back to our roots and say, where are we today? What are these tools? Are they, are they about revenue and, and, and reach? Uh, are they about productivity, profit? Um, how do we embrace mobile? How do we make it more real time? Is that what customers want? And the rise of this thing, the mobile phone and the smartphone is, is being hugely disruptive to our lives, both in a positive and negative way, I think. 
Um, every day I come into London and every day I have to navigate through the uh, iPhone zombies that, that are staring at their screens because they're so engrossed in another world rather than the one that's around them. Um, so this, this and, and not only is uh, it's quite addictive, um, it's moving at such a pace. So it's very, very confusing. So what we want to talk about in the next couple of slides is, is that, okay, let's just break it down and say, what does digital mean to an organization and how can we simply articulate um, when we do something, to what benefit do we get from it? So we refer to this as um, the digital evolution, um, how you're embracing um, digital. And um, there will be a poll coming yet, but I won't want to launch it just yet. But what I want to explain firstly um, is how do we talk about the evolution curve? So we have four stages in this process. Um, it's stage zero is you're not doing anything digital. So, um, I mean, if you're not, if a business is not doing anything in the digital and they're not trying to embrace digital and they're not technology, sooner or later, they as a business will either become obsolete or they are so niche that, you know, digital can't impact them. A guy who sells oranges on a cart technically doesn't need any digital capability. But if you go to China, and ask the same guy selling oranges on a car, I guarantee you he has QR code payments for person-to-person -person transactions. He can keep a track of his stock and how much he's selling all on his iPhone. So I haven't come across a business that it should not embrace digital. Even the simplest of businesses selling iPhones on a car in countries around the world and in this country could also embrace digital technologies. So, but I won't talk about very much about them today, other than to say, if you don't, in some way, shape or form, embrace digital, you will soon be obsolete in our view. So stage one of digital evolution, this is about connectivity to the rest of the world. So you're an existing business, maybe you've been around a few years, you're a retailer, let's say, or you're a, a manufacturer of goods. You bolt digital technologies onto the outside of your organization to, to connect to others. It's about this sort of, we call it the marketing transformation, but you could still sell through that capability. You could still transact uh, for services, um, but it is broadly about how you reach people. So stage one would be about reach and revenue as an, organ uh, as an organization. How do you connect to your, you could include suppliers in there, um, but I'll talk a little bit more about, but it's broadly about your customer base, about your stakeholders. It may even also be how you communicate to your staff how you, uh, your staff communicate to each other. Um, but it is about person and personal connections, about um, or, or organizational connections. Um, it is really about reach and revenue. So those are the two things to think about from stage one. How do I connect and reach uh, an organization or a person? How do I grow myself? How do I invest? And included in here would be analytics that promotes my uh, marketing process my customer journey at the front end how do, how do I take orders how do I uh, transact how do I verify in an ever-growingly regulated world of financial services for instance this is really really important to make sure that those processes are compliant uh, are, are, are accurate they're correcting the right amount of data I have the right permissions for that data etc and, and this can be across by the way not just web but it could be on the phone the systems that connect into there uh, it could be face-to-face all of these digital tools work in all channels. So it's front end, connected to the world, multi-channel. That's stage one. I guarantee you, you all know lots and lots of businesses in the, in the world that have done that uh, and continue to do that and they continue to evolve. 
Um, in the next slide, we'll look a little, a little bit about what areas are impacted when you're doing this. But I'll, I'll exchange this, explain the stages first. So stage two, this is about company-wide transformation. So this is about where you're embedding digital technologies throughout your organization. Um, and and you know, not just the front end, so you've, you've got a front end, you've got a, a front end multi-channel, but then how are you doing your logistics? How are you doing your manufacturing? How are you doing your deliveries? Is this digitally enabled? Is it connected? Um, in, in this area, there were some questions uh, earlier um, from uh, uh, Ian uh, around the, the elements of digital. So, um, you know, about we've talked about the front end, so that's my capability to market and engage with my customers. That's one big area. Um, but then when you go into stage two, there are far more elements of digital. There is my HR, my workforce management, my workforce engagement, uh, my training, my uh, process tools. How do I re-engineer process internally? Now, technology around process has been around for a very long, long time. But the rapid change and a rapid evolution of those tools has meant they're much more accessible. Only the other day, um, I was working with a startup and they have a, uh, they want to automate their sales process um, or, or, or digitize their sales process. So the very first point is a sales capture right at the front end, but they wanted to then drag it through into a, uh, um, a provisioning process that created a task and manage those tasks and assign those tasks. Um, now, all of that was done using off-the-shelf tools in a day. They formed forms on, on, um, on a uh, Wufu form platform. That then integrated to Asana that created tasks that allocated them to people, et cetera, et cetera. Now, people are still involved, but the engineering of that task process um, would have been paper a few years ago, uh, and then, then there need to be training as to the process, et cetera. They've created one in a day that is 90% of the way there, and it can get refined. That's a stage two activity. It's about internally di using digital tools because they became instantly more productive, productive therefore pro pro uh, profitable. So those internal tools are about really about throughout the business. Yes, you can become more pro pro uh, productive, so therefore you can run faster, create more revenue with the same cost base. But actually, you know, that's, that, that's where the holy grail is. As you grow a business, you want to grow your revenues, but not grow your costs. Digital in stage two allows you to do that with bells on. It's also, for a lot of organizations, the most complex, and we call this the hard yards. And, and it's very, very bespoke, um, meaning uh, lots of businesses are similar, but they don't operate in the same way. Uh, I've not come across many organizations that operate exactly the same way. They all got different operating models, different processes, all variations of a theme, but they are all different. So therefore the tools that they would use may be different. Uh, their USPs may be different. So that's about end-to-end multi-channel. So stage one is revenue and reach. And if you have an activity, that's about you know, growth. Um, and I think um, uh, it, it, one of the questions we had on the, on the, on the, on the you know, if you wanted to learn about is, is how do you use digital technologies to grow? Focus on how you connect to the world. Focus on giving yourself the scale and the, and, and the connectivity and the solutions and customer experience that makes it really easy to, for people to do business with you. And then if you, have to, if you want to make that more profitable, then focus on how you deliver whatever it is you do as a business. And that's a stage two. So stage one, front end, your connection to the world. Stage two, the mechanics. This is the core of your business. How do you pivot 
and how do you use uh, data to improve processes internally, to systemize them, to, to replace, you know, to create artificial intelligence to help you and guide you uh, as to what the best way to do those things. By the way, artificial intelligence can be used at any stage in, in, in our program. It all depends on what you're trying to, uh, data you're trying to generate. And then finally, stage three is where you take those two elements and use the data that's created them to pivot yourself as an organization, creating new business models, creating competitive advantage, protecting yourself from disruption. So a couple of examples um, of how uh, a business that has, has, has gone through this stage and then they pivoted. So the, the, the music industry is a great example, right? So um, we all, you know, for those that are old enough to remember vinyl, uh, we had vinyl, then we moved to well, vinyl and cassettes, and then we moved to CD. Um, but fundamentally at this stage, the model of buying music hadn't changed. I'm an artist, I go to a record company, I cut a record, it's, it's produced, it's distributed, it goes to a retailer, et cetera, et cetera. Amazon came along, the retailer was online. Still the same model, except I didn't have a shop to put things in. Then somebody said, okay, hang on a second, we can, we've got this new thing called an iPod. And everybody went, oh, this is going to change the music industry. In the first instance, it didn't. All it did was add an extra step for us as a user to take the CD, to put it in a computer, to rip it onto MP3s. It made it more convenient to carry lots of music, but it didn't change the model. The model changed when we started to flip to getting it online directly, getting an MP3 direct off my computer, I pay whatever platform it was um, to download that and put it into, into my device, I own it. Um, and the real, you know, those will those be out there that uh, re remember the early days, you've now got, uh, you know, had iTunes, you can download an album or just a song, you know, these, these were revolutions in the model. So they'd invested uh, their digital marketing was the same. They marketed the product, they told about the record. But this big change was where they re-engineered stage two about how they delivered what there was the benefit, which in the music industry was the record. And they've done it again in stage three. They've said, you know what? Shipping all of those tracks, people don't want, the, you know, they might want one track off an album. It's not going to pay the money. So let's flip it completely and change the music industry and say, right, it's a subscription. You can have as much as you want, all of the songs we've got, and it's a fixed fee. So they have a steady income, they have a business that generates good margins, and now artists, instead of making lots and lots of money from tracks, they're now saying, well, I've cut my track, I'm gonna get a steady stream of income from subscription uh, models, and I'm gonna go on the road, and, and I'm gonna be, be, be more about live music. And incidentally, I can market my live music much more effectively because of stage one. So the model in the music industry has dramatically changed, and I quite, I quite like it because I'm sure it will evolve again. Uh, I'm sure you'll get start to get you know more content if you go to a uh, to an event. Um, so therefore, generating more interest off the back of a ticket sale. Um, uh, you know, artists uh, in music music industry is very large in the UK, of course, and, and North America, but they're they're more and more generating their significant amounts of their income from events, a little bit like comedians. I guess. Um, so. You know, it's about, a, a, and they've gone right the way back to a different model to say, right, market my organization. How do I organize myself around that event? How do I make it more interactive, more interesting? Starting to see some emerging things coming with festivals where you've got, you know, you can have exclusive content if you're at the festival that's delivered in a different way. Again, that's a, an evolution of the model. So I hope that gives you an example, uh, 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 a good example of how to, to break your business down. Now, some businesses will be more about stage two and stage three. 
Um, some businesses will have a real problem. Um, you know, um, I know uh, Werner on the call earlier was talking about digital activation and data, and we, he and I have had a conversation uh, about workforce management as well and, and how to, to do that. All stage two, all stage two activities. It's about replying, you know, using tools to make it better for your employees or customers. Um, and and I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about employees. I find it remarkable to, so that there are a huge number of businesses out there that an employee, be, I bump into those iPhone zombies every morning and they're in super connected world with their WhatsApp and, and, and their, their, their uh, Snapchat or Facebook or whatever the social media platforms they're using. They've got music, they've got games, etc. This tool that they're using rules their life. They've, you know, they'll be doing their banking, they'll be doing um, uh, posting photographs to their family, etc. They'll be communicating with each other all the time. Yet, as soon as they walk in the building, they go and sit at the desk with a keyboard and take that brain out and put a different brain in. And they start using the telephone and they start potentially using platforms and systems that require them to communicate in a certain way. Memos. Emails are just memos, right? Um, and, and we do tend to force people into a, a, a aggressive box in that respect, when actually they're used to communicating and engaging with people in a completely different way. I think uh, I spend a lot of time in China, um, and in China, they don't use email because they have WhatsApp um, and they share information on WhatsApp. They've used tools for documents, etc., of course, um, but they don't use email. In fact, you know, when I ask a, a Chinese person for their email address, they're sort of, why do you need that? Um, it, 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 WhatsApp is what, what, what Tencent use. Of course, Alibaba, they don't use WhatsApp because it's competition, but they use their own version, DD. So there are, you know, these tools that, that in the younger industries that were being adopted. And one of the things that this is a part of the digital uh, evolution of a business needs to embrace those new tools, those you know, utilizing what the, 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 the people used today. And that brings me swiftly around to skills. Now, when we talk about frameworks later on, we'll talk about the skills imbalance in digital. There are a huge number of, huge number of the senior individuals in business that don't have the digital skills and they need to embrace those skills. They need to be brave and, 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 and recognize that the next generation just want to use those tools and they need to do it. And that's about workforce. I think they recognize that you and I as consumers want to embrace with their businesses or, or other businesses with each other uh, using those tools. But uh, their workforce is often forgotten. And I think, uh, or, or it's a secondary, mainly because any uh, investment in that can be seen as a cost uh, rather than an efficiency, uh, rather than a profitability opportunity. Um, so we do talk a lot more in the next stages um, uh, in, in, the, in the subsequent webinars. Um, but I think, you know, it, 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 workforce becomes important. So we've got a poll now, and I'd be really interested to see, you know, where do you think you, you are as a business? Uh, and that gives me a flavor as to talk about a little bit more, and in, certainly in subsequent ones, if you, hopefully you'll come along for, for, for later webinars as well. Um, but it gives me a little bit of a steer as to maybe um, how we can focus. If you're, in, if you're all, <laughs> if it's a flat line, you're all, well, we'll talk about them all, um, but hopefully we'll be able to pull up some, uh, some, some examples. So there's furious voting going on. Uh, thank you to those that are engaging. It's great to see this type of stuff. Um, really, by the way, while you're doing that, I'd really like to get your views on how you think, whether the polls worked, whether you, you thought it was useful. Um, we're finding it useful because it's giving me a, 
uh, a steer. Um, uh, I don't. I don't want to predict the outcome, but I'll have a view of what the outcome of this poll will be. Uh, I made a few notes. Um, depends on who we've got on the call, I guess. Um, but um, uh, by the way, um, if, uh, if your organization is doing multiple uh, things, then pop it in the question. Uh, if you have a particular question about um, you know, stage one and stage two activities at the same time, uh, perhaps um, if there are a few of you, we can talk to you about how do you balance that. But I think we'll talk about the balance of, um, uh, of activities uh, in, in the framework session, which comes in a later webinar. It's quite a detailed conversation about how do you balance revenue and productivity? Um, and what should I expect uh, from e each of those areas? And um, we'll talk, I'll talk a little bit more on, on the next slide about um, returns in the, each of these stages. What's the value? So I'm just going to have a, uh, give it another 10 seconds uh, and uh, give you a chance to, to read through and vote uh, and then we'll, we'll crack on. Great. Okay. Um, so how did you vote? Well, um, in my mind's eye, I had uh, about two thirds of you being stage one. Uh, and then normally there's a tail that goes. Um, so we've got one person that had no digital plans. By the way, I'd like to hear from you because I'd, I'd like to understand what your view of no digital plans is because uh, that'd be really interesting. So feel free to contact me at the end. Uh, stage one, um, digital marketing transformation underway. This profile is very typical of the clients that we see. Um, the main reason being is that stage one gives the maximum growth. Um, and because uh, you know, we talked about it, it gives you reach and it gives you revenue. Uh, it doesn't necessarily uh, impact your positively impact your cost base. It can make you more effective at what you do in the terms of selling and engaging with customers. Clearly, because that's that's what you want digital to do for you. But it doesn't necessarily make you more effective as an organisation for the rest of it. Um, it's, it's interesting to see that, that you know that's fantastic that 25% uh, of you have this stage two and there are a couple of people that are in a digital innovative stage. I'd be interested to, to look at those fringes at zero and three you know where did that where did that innovation come from is it is it a new business perhaps um, uh, or is it a new part of an existing business there are multiple uh, uh, strategies for for doing stage three activities. So before we move on and uh, uh, to the I think that's fantastic, and thank you for, for taking part in that poll. Uh, not surprising results, and, and typical of the industry generally. Um, uh, I've shared the results. So typical of the uh, uh, of the industry generally. Um, so you know, a lot of people investing in growth, thinking digital is about growth, and it is. Having a good website, having an effective digital machine connected to the rest of the world. But digital transformation has so much more to offer. And actually, as we, as we grow as businesses, your competitive advantage will come through having a, a digitally connected organization externally, but one internally, which allows you to pivot and push away from disruption and competitive advantage. Because if you're all selling the same thing through web, what makes the difference? And it comes down to your cost base about how good you are at delivery. Uh, some of that can be given through scale. One of the reasons why Amazon is so popular uh, is if they have this huge machine that's able to run at a relatively low cost per transaction compared to a mom and pop shop that has to employ somebody to wrap their projects and send them out the door. That's very 
cost, uh, uh, you know, huge cost differential. Uh, so you can see that. But medium-sized organizations can start to differentiate by having a digitally connected stage one and two organization and then be able to pivot and say, right, we're going to do things differently because we're now flexible, we're digitally connected, we can re-engineer the, the hard yards of, of connectivity inside our organization. So thanks for that. Right, so what are the, what are the things you do at each of these stages? So at Digital Works, we talk about this concept of having um, models in your organization. So you have six in a, in a, typically in an organization. Some are more important than others, uh, uh, depending where they are. Um, and uh, we had some questions uh, really about, um, from, uh, uh, from Tony, uh, another one regarding um, other, other, you know, the, the methods and standard models. Um, this really gives you a framework to say, um, what's more important to your organization? And if it is important, what should you be changing to, to, at that stage uh, to look at? So we look at these six models, your business model. This is fundamentally how you make money. Right? So I do this and I make a margin or however I do. Your marketing model. This is your go-to-market strategy, how you go and engage with your customers, your brand, what it stands for, your proposition, what do you sell, your customer experience, your sales. All of those externally connecting elements your market model. In stage one, that's the thing you're changing. You're engaging digitally. Um, there are some other small elements, but the vast majority of your focus when you're digital marketing is, is about enabling your, those elements in your market model. Operational model, that's about automation of process. Not necessarily what you do, uh, sorry, uh, not, uh, it's not your business model. It's about how you do that connectivity, how you supply, how do you, um, uh, how do you uh, 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 do, do what you do and how automated and how digital and how flexible is that? Your organizational model. Well, this is, these are all interrelated, inter, inter, uh, of course. What's your size, your shape, your skills, your working practices, your culture? This is about your people. Where do you employ them? Are you in-source? Are you outsource? Are you, um, uh, uh, you know, are you, you know, in theory, are you going to replace some of your people with robots? Um, unfortunately, the huge news at Arcado's warehouse, the tech that went into that, in that Arcado warehouse, was phenomenal. Their organizational model, would, in theory, could be very human for packing goods and shipping them out in, in the back of those trucks. But actually, their organizational model flipped a huge amount of focus into the operational model. They operated technology that did what a lot of people could have done. Your technical model, this is about what technology do you drive across all of the other areas are you what's your martech what's your payments capability your erp your hr systems so your hr system sits behind your organizational model it's not an organizational model in its own right it's just a piece of technology that enables your organizational model and then finally is your data model this is how you generate uh the thing the the information that steers your business and we talk about data being in four states in an in a, in a advanced organization, well, in any organization. Um, accessibility is driven by technology and about uh, uh, having a very clear direction of what you want data to do for you, what you want you to tell you. So data is, is when data raw is nothing. It's just, it's, you have to turn it into information. So you have to ask it a question. Um, and then over time, that uh, information becomes knowledge. You get trends. You get uh, lots of you know standards that you can set. You can put you can uh, have uh, tolerances, uh, uh, but it gives you knowledge. 
But what we really, really want data to go is we don't want it to stay as information or knowledge. We want it to become wisdom. We want it to tell us the future. We want it to be able to predict things. We want to look at trends and be able to project them and then be able to use artificial intelligence or trending and, and platforms like that to, to, to put scenarios to it to say, well, what does the future look like? So your data model is really important through digital. This is because you, you've now... Um, You've now created this platform that's, that's hugely digitally connected. It's creating lots of data. What do you want that data to tell you? Ask it a question. How do you ask it a question? These are all of the really important things about data. One of the great things I, I like about um, uh, great scenarios and use cases I'll give you is the car salesman. Right? So um, people think this is uh, you know, uh, a car salesman, but you can't digitize that. But actually, a huge amount of the car salesman's job uh, is data-driven, it's about question and answer. Um, but the really important human bits aren't actually about data and question and answer, they're about experience and intuition. So when I walk into a, a, a car showroom, the guy's looking at me and he's making some decisions based on his experience, good or bad, about what, who I am. If I walk in with my wife and children, okay, he's a family man, he might want a family car. If I walk in with, if I walk in with a pram, yeah, I'm going to need a car that's got enough space to, to have babies and young children in it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's making those decisions up front without having to ask a single question. So this is where data and humans start to interact with this experience. And for me to, for me to um, create, tell a computer to do all of that will take me a very, very long time and it'll probably have a pretty poor hit rate. You'll have to look at you know, profiles of individuals, et cetera. But the laborious bits of car sales could be taken away quite easily. And a lot of organized uh, car sales are doing this now. You have your own configurator online. I'm really interested in this car. Here are all the whiz-bang gadgets I want to add to it. I'll create my profile and then I'll send it in. And, and, and the guy can then have a conversation about, can I afford it? Is it the right car for me? Can he influence? Well, you know, he's got a blue one in stock. Do I, do I like blue? Can, can, he, can he gauge my facial expression when I mention the word blue, et cetera, et cetera? This is where people become empowered and that's being driven by data that they've provided. So he's created, a, I've created a platform saying I'm really interested in this. I walk in the store, he has knowledge. He has a bit of wisdom to portray into that conversation. So this is, and, and all that blends back to customer experience. So those are the models. So stage one, we're talking about marketing. There's a little bit of organization and technical because you, you need systems to support that. But fundamentally, it's about how I take my brand to market. What am I known as? Um, we've all got our favorite online retailers that we think have a great experience. We probably haven't got very many, many ones that we refer to that are rubbish. That speaks for itself. The ones that are good, we remember, and that becomes part of their brand. Amazon always rings to the top, but there are eBay. Do we think, what do we think about eBay's experience? Be interesting to uh, you know, have a think about that. Stage two, productivity and profit. Well, understandably, there's a lot of internal change in this stage. You're not much doing on your marketing model because you've done that. You might do some tweaks about how do you take orders and process them. You'll certainly uh, have an opportunity to change your business model here because you could change your cost base, you could bundle because you've got more information and you can connect things together. Uh, but fundamentally, this is about your operational, organizational, and technical model. It's the hard yards of uh, digital transformation. It's about where you uplift your systems capability, give yourself the option to start to embed digital technologies throughout your organization. Now, of course, you don't need to do it all at the same time. You can do it in modules, but it is stage two. 
um, it starts to create a huge amount of data. There's change in the amount of data that you're creating. So you have to be mindful about well, what is my data model? What do I want it to what, what do I want it to tell me? Uh, what what is being generated and how useful is that? In theory, is that useful to sell? Can I sell trending information? Can I sell it back to my suppliers, my customers, etc., and so on? And then stage three, this is about your business model and about data. And I'm, how am I driving data to tell me how to make money uh, better, how to make more money, how to make myself more profitable, how to identify new markets, new ways to engage and supply to customers. All of that comes from data. Once you have the technology in place, you'll start, you know, then as a consequence, because you've done stage two, you can start to pivot. Now, people ask me, give me some examples of organizations at each of these stages. Most retailers in this country are stage one. Um, and a lot of them are behind. Actually, most retailers across Europe are stage one. Uh, they have put a veneer on their organization that is digital, they're connected, but fundamentally their warehousing, their structure, with the exception of some of the supermarkets, I think, um, and perhaps one of the two of the premium retailers, they're fundamentally still stage one. And one of the reasons why they're struggling to adapt to the onslaught of online and the high street is being as bad as it is as from a brand's perspective, I don't mean the shop bricks and mortar. The bricks and mortar may, may well go, but the brands would survive uh, online if they've done uh, more in stage two. Um, so John Lewis is a great example. They don't have a huge high street presence, but they are quite advanced in, in stage two activities. They, you, know, they, they, you have the ability to go online and go into store and you can pick up the conversation with the individual between the two. So you know, they're advanced and they're starting to look at stage three activities by doing new things in, in their beta environments. Not that I'd share much about that. But, you know, the, the, this is a, examples of retail. Stage one, most retailers. Stage two organizations. These are about, you know, some great examples of manufacturing, bespoke manufacturing. Um, again, I, I mean, um, the I wanted to buy a dog bed the other day for my dog. And... I can have it customized and delivered in the same time as it is just to deliver. So there's an element of my operational model where I can interject a new piece into the process. I'm not just taking a dog bag off the shelf, putting it in a box and shipping it. I now have the ability to customize that, to personalize that. So this is where stage two activities are embedding into that operation. You're taking a new prospect and putting it in and so on. So there are um, examples all around us of organizations that are in embracing new operational and technical models. The stage two activities are only little bits, but they are differentiators. They're making them attractive to us as a customer and they become part of the proposition. You know, it, what about customizing other products for my pets? That's just a simple step because they've already built the process. They just have a different delivery mechanic. So hopefully that gives you an understanding of when you're talking about digital transformation, talking about the stages, what does it mean to my organization? What do I have to focus on if I'm thinking about productivity and profit? I should be focusing on my op operational, organizational, technical models. If I'm thinking about growth and reach, I should be looking at my market and a bit of data and maybe enabling some of that technical pieces as well to make sure that that's effective. Before we move on, I wanted to make sure that we talk about Next uh, few minutes, we'll talk a little bit about the vision and strategy. Marketing, stage one, big returns. If I grow, I grow really, really quickly. Stage two, much, much smaller efficiencies, but the profitability gains are huge. But combined, 
they give you the ability to defend yourself from disruption. So I'm going to speed up a little bit now because I'm conscious of time for, your, for all of you. But thinking about digital transformation. So what is my vision? Where do I want to be? What are my competition doing? Um, where am I going to get there? Sorry, how am I going to get there? Uh, this is about what, what stages are important to me. And competition is a good reference for, marker for you to say, well, what should I be concentrating on at the moment? Should it be the stage two activities? If I'm way behind, how can I differentiate? How can I protect myself? Um, uh, and then, uh, who, and who do we need? What's the skill set that we need? So starting point is the number one. What's my vision? Where am I today? Be brutally honest with your organization. Um, be really, really clear. There's a poll there. Do you think you're being really clear about your digital vision and strategy? Um, have you got a crystal clear view of where your organization is going to be and what digital is going to do for you? Now, it sounds like, oh, well, you know, we need a digital great website. Actually, you need to be more specific than that. You need to say, what's my target to be using digital technologies? Uh, there's a real mix of results coming in here. Um, but actually, your business seems to be saying, well, what is it? It's you know, uh, a third of you are saying, this is great. I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm very clear. Two thirds of you, this is live, I'm telling you. Two thirds of you saying, no, don't have it. If you don't have a vision, you don't know where you're going to end up. Uh, and what happens is, is that you'll start, you build momentum, but you're effectively making it up as you go along. And we've got a metric for you to use here as, as to the benefits of that crystal clear vision. So I'm going to end the poll quickly because we move, need to move on. Thank you for those voting. Um, two thirds of you said you're not clear about where you're going. Uh, and I'll hopefully in the next couple of slides, I'll quickly explain uh, why that's so important. Why investing the time and effort in building a digital vision and strategy is so important. You'd be surprised. This, would, this is reflective of organizations out there now. And we already know that most of them are embarking on some sort of digital transformation. So why, why would you do that? Why would you not um, uh, promote uh, uh, you know, your vision and strategies in turn into your organization? Great. So um, I will share that and stop that. So what's my starting point? Brutally honest. Where are you today versus your competition versus your aspiration? Um, uh, where are you? Um, what's my vision? Now, the vision doesn't have to be we will be 76% this and 2% that, etc. It doesn't have to be that specific. It has to be a, you know, a five-year long-term view as to how digital is going to change my organization. You need to look at the market reflective. You need to look at the skill sets capability. You need to look at the macroeconomics of your organization. It's part of the strategy of the organization, but embedded in there is saying, what's my digital vision? Where, where's digital going to change my organization? And some of those things will definitely be linked and some of them will be independent. Um, I have a great example. Uh, I've got a couple of examples of good and bad. Uh, in the next slide, we talk about well, what can go wrong. Um, I'm often asked, isn't having a clear digital vision just good leadership? Absolutely. Um, being really, really clear about what your organization is doing, where it's going, how it's going to get there. They're all really good leadership aspects. Digital is more important for a couple of reasons. One, it's technically complex and it's changing really, really quickly. So no other element of your leadership strategy will change so quickly. Your, your market, technology, and digital changes much, much, much faster. Um, why is it happening? Why, you know, we're used to a cycle of strategy. Let's set the three-year strategy and we'll come back to it in a year. You can't do that anymore. Your digital vision and strategy needs to be constantly evolving. 
um, because it's the environment, as we've seen over the last 10 years, has changed so dramatically in terms of technology, there's disruption, competition from everywhere. One of the reasons why retail is failing on the high street, and failing and catastrophically in some cases, is is because they didn't adapt fast enough into the digital environment. They didn't embrace those technologies. They didn't protect themselves from the disruption of online. Um, you know, people would much rather buy from a brand than an unknown. Definitely, because it's a trusted element. In fact, for those that worked in China, that, that is a perfect example. Um, so question, we're talking about vision. Who do you think owns, should lead the digital transformation in an organization? And please just quickly vote through this. Do you think it should be, you know, it'd be useful to get your view? And I have some particularly uh, uh, clear um, guidance on this for our clients. Um, but I think, you know, getting your view would be really, really useful. So why are you doing that? I'll talk a little bit and give you a visibility um, of uh, the next slide to talk about strategic change factors versus uh, executional change factors. So these are critical six things to have in your business that means that you are setting yourself up for the best success in embracing digital technology. I haven't come across a business where this doesn't apply to yet. If you don't think it applies to you, love to hear from you. That's fantastic. And, you know, we, we, it's an ever-evolving model. Um, uh, and I'm delighted to say that uh, there is a real, a really good trend appearing here on the poll um, around who should lead. Um, uh, whilst the two different answers, they're sort of saying the same thing. And uh, there's a clue on the slide for those that are a little bit under undecided yet. Um, but of the uh, of the people here that voted and end the poll there and you know 50% of you said all of C-suite and I absolutely agree with you with that. A number of you said uh, there's chief executive that's also spot on because actually if there's a single person that could lead this sort of transformation it is the chief executive because it's his business his remit to deliver but actually collective success of digital transformation should be led by the C-suite collectively a few of you have mentioned the chief digital officer, and there are a couple of scenarios where that is absolutely correct, but it is a limited time frame. Um, and the reason I say that is, is that no one person in any organization should, for a sustained period, with the exception of the chief executive officer, be responsible for digital transformation. The reason is, is because as we already talked about, it touches every single part of the organization. And the chief digital officer is one part roaming, trying to influence a whole bunch of people. But actually the person that his job that is, is effectively the CEO. However, it can be a catalyst to focus the organization. A little bit like a, we refer to special forces or skunk works. It's about disruption entirely your organization to get a pivot, to get a bit of momentum in a new direction. But it is a transitional role in my view. A chief digital officer is something as a catalyst to start the executive, the sweet C-suite, moving in a different direction. So those are those results there. 50% um, of you saying the C-suite. And that plays really, really nicely to the this nine success factors. Now I've talked about the clear, clear vision strategy and objectives and targets. That's a piece of work that says, what do we want digital to do for us? It's an aspirational piece of work. It's, it gives a very, very clear picture of what digital technologies will do for us over time. We're just uh, talking more about the strategic change factors. Hopefully you can see my mouse circling here. The ownership of digital is an all executive team exercise. 
they have to be the ones that are saying, yes, I know what digital is going to do in my part of the organization. We've got a plan, which I'll come to in a bit. I know when I need to do it, and I know who my customers internally are. I know how I'm going to create this fantastic digital infrastructure for my bit of my responsibility to the organization. Two other strategic ones, user, customer, experience centric. When we're talking about digital technologies, we are saying, how does we of people use that technology? That's what digital's for. How does it create value to the business which is run by people? Um, make it user and customer centric. User, your employees or, or people you operate with. Customer, experience centric. What is the outcome we're trying to deliver for those people? Because ultimately technology is there to serve us, not the other way around. And then finally, the right organizational environment. So what this means is give people the opportunity to develop that solution themselves. Don't try and do it all in the center because it will just fail. We'll just try and boil the ocean. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the balance and strategy and execution uh, and, what, and how to architect in the next slide. But fundamentally, making sure people are incentivized and accepting of the change that they're going to bring. Um, so I mentioned uh, a retail organization that saw digital as being a big threat. Um, uh, they are a UK-wide distributed um, uh, building supply business. Um, and they have a, lot, a number of yards of distribution centers across the UK. Um, and they wanted to develop an, a, a capability for the builder to order his stuff uh, uh, online. What he, want, he knows what he wants. Um, uh, in theory, he knows what he wants. And then he goes to the yard and it's ready there waiting for him as a package. Now, previously, he would rock up to the yard and have a conversation with the guy in the yard saying, I need some bricks and I need some cement and I need some sand and, you know, and, and, um, and the guys would have a bit of a chat, et cetera, et cetera. But now you've removed that element because he's ordered it online. However, with the right environment, with the right tools, what we said to them is, well, hang on a second, you, you now become, uh, um, you could ha now have the opportunity for those people in the yard to become not salesmen, but value add. Um, so I'm a builder, I order my, order my bricks, I order my sand, I order my uh, uh, cement. And then uh, the yard guy sees that and he says, okay, well, he looks like he's building a wall. So maybe I can ask him about damp proofing. Maybe I can ask him about, you know, has he got uh, a plumb line to make sure it's all level? Has he, does he need scaffolding? Does he need a ladder? Does he need um, some buckets? So I can add value. Whereas I can think about that beforehand. And then I can start to say to the guy, okay, by the way, you know, do, what if, have you got enough bricks? Do you need more? You know, you've got a lot of cement, but the brick number of bricks, so you, you create a bit of training around these guys in the yard. So that, that person is then incentivized to deliver. Now, if you don't create the right organization environment, the knowledge to say the reason we're doing this, the incentives for doing this, the structure for doing this is this is where we're going back to that vision again. You instantly, you, you, you're putting barriers in place for yourself as change. So you're projecting the environment of what you want to do and the right environment to start with and then future view, embracing the people in your organization and telling them about the journey. That's really critical because if you don't, as soon as you walk out of the boardroom, as soon as that execs walk out with their band-aids, they're going to be hit with resistance. And anybody that's tried to change anything will realize that change hits resistance all the time. So talking through the uh, executional side, well, some of these should make sense. Uh, I'm gonna pick out a couple of uh, them that are critical. Long-term technical and architecture plan. This is, okay, I've 
been clear about what I'm going to do, where's the technology going to come from? What do I want that technology to tell me? In the future, I'm going to need data. Make sure I register the fact that my data model in the future is going to be needed. Make the right level of investment. Be prepared to invest in the technology and the people and the training to deliver this vision. Be sensible about it. If it's built over time, fantastic. But make sure that you can achieve what you're going to achieve. And there's no point, you know, I've seen organizations spend huge amounts on a web platform and then do nothing with it. Why would you do that? That's not on the right level. And also timeliness. Make sure that the money is available when it's needed um, uh, so you have a, a resource plan for investment levels to go through. Communication. You've got this vision. Communicate what you're doing to everyone. Now, there's also obviously some sensitivities about com competition there, but you need to communicate. You need to get that central uh, along with the next one, which is having a planning and measuring centrally. What's the benefit? How are we doing? Tell people, celebrate success, fail quickly, be upfront about things that went wrong, embrace the new. And finally, cross-functional working. So this is probably the most difficult thing that people get used to, is if you are customer-centric, user-centric, you need to think about, in one environment, how your customers are treated end-to-end. -end. So that means that the guy in warranty department needs to be part of the conversation at sales because you're talking about the journey all the way through. As soon as you segment that, you create gaps and, and customers fall into them and then they don't come out again and that's a terrible customer experience. Cross-functional working is probably the most, most valuable uh, advice on execution of transformation that I give to clients. How to do it, be collaborative, be sharing. It also feeds this in, uh, communication engagement because people know what's going on and they know what they're trying to do. So, what can go wrong in this environment? Well, imbalance, put simply. Um, if you're focused on too much on the strategy, on the detail, but you don't focus on how you're going to do it, well, you won't get there. But if you focus on all of the mechanics and you start lots of things running without thinking about your strategy, you end up making it up as you go along. So what we, you know, here's, and this is a great, getting the balance right is important. This is a uh, survey that was done by Forrester a few years ago, uh, and they looked at strategic change, strategically clear about where we're going, right? Really, really strong about this is where we want to go, this is why, et cetera, et cetera. Those that were strong, um, uh, but weak in execution about how they were going to do it, there's a quarter of them, they're strategists. Um, we call this boiling the ocean. They're trying to do everything at the glacial strategic pace that they used to do everything. And actually, um, you need to get on with it. You need to build momentum. Um, a very small people were just doing lots and lots of things, but without really being clear about what their strategy was. So there was stuff going on all over the organization. We call this making it up as you're going along. Because you're sort of, uh, yes, it's great to get momentum, but harness that around a common goal, that'd be really, really powerful. The vast majority of people were weak on both about what they were doing with digital. And these, not my words, their word, laggards. And there were a small people that got that balance right and they were purring along. And what they gave, what the resultants saw of those experts, better retention of staff, more protection from disruption. They were able to pivot. The staff thing was really, really powerful. The, the people felt empowered. They felt they enjoyed working there. And ultimately, digital transformation is about those people. So it might sound like a straightforward thing to say, but being really balanced about your strategy and evolving that capability all of the time, um, is really important because it gives you balance and it gives you a, a, a platform to grow. So I think this is the final poll. 
uh, maybe one or two, one more. Um, uh, but you know, what's your view? What, where do you think you are as an organisation? You know, do you think you're a laggard? Um, do you think your organisation is a laggard? It'd be really useful to share that. I'm conscious of time, so I think we've had a few people had to drop out, unfortunately, but hopefully they'll be able to catch up on the recording. Um, so I'll just give it a couple more minutes, uh, and then and then we'll we'll move on to uh, the balance. Okay, thank you for your time. Hopefully this has been useful. Um, great, well actually some interesting results coming in. So this is really, really good. The largest percentage still say you're laggards, but they're actually, and this is a few years old, so it's good to see that we're starting to say, see a, a little bit of a difference. It sounds like there is some really good activity going on. So I'm gonna end the poll there. Thank you for voting. So, um, you are broadly uh, operators or lagging, which actually sort of says to me that actually there's a great opportunity to focus around the strategy. Uh, and by, by the way, that's one of my favorite bits. Uh, I really like working with people to define where their organization is going to go. Um, but that's a re it's really interesting mix. And, and it's a, there's, you know, reflective of the, the balance a few years ago, we're seeing a shift, more operators, but there are still a only a few of you that are saying that you're digital experts, that you've got a really clear vision and you've got really good at execution. Um, I'd really like to talk to that person as well. So please ping me afterwards and say, you know, I'd really like to understand your organization because we, we don't come across you very often. So, you know, uh, that'd be really, really uh, useful. Thank you. So, couple of, uh, uh, couple of final slides. Become a fitter organization. We talk about painkillers and vitamins. If you're a starting point to transform, you have pain in your organization. If you want to become fitter, you can't train, you can't improve if you're in pain. So try and clear away that pain. Try and prioritize it or forget about it. Say, we're not going to deal with that. We're going to accept the pain. We're just going to move on. Athletes do this all the time. People getting fitter do it all the time. They either take something to mask the pain, i.e. an artificial blocker, or they go to physio and they solve the pain before they try to get fit. It's really important to start from a firm base. That's your starting point. Be brutally honest with yourself with, as to how fit you are as, a, uh, as an organization. And this comes from skills. So look at your skills. Look at your, uh, you know, do we have a vision in place? Are there loads of stuff happening? Maybe a lot of it is, you know, um, you know just useless or, or not aligned to a vision. It might not be useless, but you think it's useless. Um, are your people a bit down in the mouth and thinking this is just going to be another, you know, it, 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 I, I see quite often organizations that um, start uh, and then fail. And if you do that a couple of times, that's a massive problem for the organization because you get lethargy, you get unmotivation. Oh yeah, somebody's come along with a new idea, etc. Um, and that's one of the reasons why being, spending that time being really, really clear about where you want to go is so important. So there's a real mix of, uh, of stuff coming in here, uh, but broadly unmotivated to digitally transform. And that's really interesting that the people are there. It'd be really interesting to understand if that's the CEOs don't see the threat or the, the board don't see the threat or people just can't be bothered. Is that a lethargy problem in the business? Uh, but that's a pain point. I've got no motivation. So, you know, that's uh, really, really interesting. I'll leave that poll up. Um, and I think I'm just going to talk uh, uh, before we, we talk about uh, the final stage and get into some Q&A. Hopefully some of you are still here. Um, I think we probably uh, didn't budget the right amount of slides slash time for this. Um, 
So finally, uh, uh, I'll just share those results. Um, so we have a bit of a split. Uh, roughly half of you don't have skills or the vision, uh, the, the, the strategy in place, uh, and then slightly less are just unmotivated. Uh, I think that's self-breeding. If you don't, aren't clear about where you want to go, you're going to feel unmotivated. Uh, and if you're unmotivated, you won't want to do the, <laughs> the other stuff. So that's a vicious circle, unfortunately. Um, consider the impact. Whatever you're doing, how does it impact my people? How will I can plan, communicate, and engage with them, and how will they incentivize? These are three pivotal elements of change, and digital is changing everything we do. So, you know, we could argue that digital transformation isn't about digital, it's just about change. Well, it is. Business transformation with digital, change with digital. Uh, it, it's inter interwoven. Uh, we as humans are changing the way that we do. Bumping into iPhone zombies every day is a change in society. Those things are happening. If we want to embrace that change, or want to impact that change, we need to um, uh, uh, be impact mindful of how it impacts people, how I'll plan, communicate, and engage my change, and how it incentivize. So, some top tips before we go to Q and A. I'll keep these short. Um, be really clear about where you want to go. Define your starting point. Understand the, uh, your, your the resources, skills that you have to hand, and be brutally honest about way uh, about your capability to deliver. Um, and and if you if, if um the other top tip is if you're struggling to get people in your organisation to talk about this, look at the competition. Somebody said to me the other day, um, every every new entrepreneur is looking for a new idea, and I. We had this conversation and I, I sort of agree, they're looking for a new idea, but actually specifically nowadays, because of digital technologies, what they're looking for is business that's done badly. Because there aren't very many new business ideas. Be, you know, it'd be great if you can find them, but there's far more opportunity in the land that is business done badly, and how can I be good at it? So if you're having challenges to say to your business, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 or we don't see the threat, we don't see the, the, the threat from digital at the moment because the competition isn't doing anything about it. That could well be true. Um, but actually just say, well, okay, what's the opportunity for us to be better, to become the leader in that market? Because we're no longer just like everybody else doing it crap. We can do it well. And, and the conversation we then went into was talking about the insurance industry. Because I don't know about you, but I'm totally frustrated with the insurance industry in this country. Everything's very negative, very backward looking. There isn't any... Uh, future-looking capability, it's too, uh, too structured, too many brokers, too many layers involved. Why can't they just disintermediate that down and give me a policy direct rather than going through a broker that takes a cut, through an agent that takes a cut, through a, you know, and so on and so on. So, and we got that. There's a massive opportunity, and that is uh, how to identify the opportunity is, is don't look at, you know, look at your competition. If you're, being, if you're having your backside kicked by competition, you need to catch up. That's you're being disrupted. But think about how you could be disrupting, how you could be different. And that's the only the couple of tips as to how to start the conversation. So thank you. I do apologize for overrunning. Uh, hopefully some of you are still with us. There are some Q&A. Um, we don't have any open questions, but um, well, I'm going to jump onto the final slide. Oh, we do have some questions, sorry. Um, I'll leave this up here now so you can take my notes of my details if you want to, please feel free to, to uh, get in touch. Um, Sophie, are there any, quickly, any themes that I, I could address um, through chat or through the Q&A? 
Um, quite a few people have asked for a copy of the slides, actually. And um, so I've just said that if you message me at sophie.fraser digital works group, I will send those on to you and we yeah. will be sending the recording. A couple of people have asked um, a little bit more about, you know, our digital methodology or framework. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, we do have more webinars planned for later in the year and there will be one that specifically talks about our framework approach. Um, but again, I'd be very happy to send people a little bit more information or point them in the right direction at the blog. So, so just message me. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a couple of um, terms. I think another participant also talked about um, just very interestingly about, you know, this, this sort of term digital transformation, what it really means to organisations and that, you know, for his organisation, it was more about, you know, people still seeing it as, as IT projects rather than this this sort of wider scope. So that's yeah, I think that there's an interesting way to frame that. Um, we talk about IT projects, but one of the things that we should be talking about is business outcomes that we're driving from a project. So IT might be doing a lot of stuff, but how does that fit into the business benefit? And one of the things we talk about in our frameworks is how to measure business benefit. And you track business benefit. You don't track IT. You track what the business is going to be benefited from. And yes, that project may be delivered by IT or CIO or whoever it is, but, it, but what is being requested is driven by... The, the, you know the the business element so if I need a new finance platform I don't just go and put one in if I'm a CTO I, I have to sit down with the finance director and say what do you want it to do and this is about education as the business benefit um, and it being outcome driven digital transformation is digitally driven business transformation um, it's new technologies driving change um, and the reason why it's a buzzword is because it's happening so fast that we needed to give it a phrase um, you know, we, we couldn't talk about, it's so so encompassing, so complex, we needed to be simplified, for want of a better word. And I actually think, you know, digital transformation is easy to say, but what we're actually talking about is business transformation driven by digital technologies adopted by humans, aka digital transformation. Okay, great. So, um, anything else? I think they were they were the main themes. Um, you had a couple of questions from before that were posted yeah. prior to the webinar. Well, I, think I mentioned uh, Verna the digital the data. I mean, data is king to everything. It's going you if you digitise something, you'll create a lot of data. You can learn from that. You can improve. It's a very very quick cycle to improve too. Um, a retailer I work with in the UK implemented a, an end to end sales process. Incidentally, that was regulated, and they had they used it as a training program. Um, they, they monitored people going through the process and then they gave them training on the things that they were doing wrong. Um, so you're hugely powerful di uh, digital uh, data uh, process can create uh, a fantastic um, improvement cycle to make sure that you're doing the best you can for customers. Uh, Ian talked about the, the elements of digital. I think we covered that. There are lots of different parts of the organization. Pretty much anything can be, any process can be digitized and made easily programmable, easily changeable, uh, uh, monitored, regulatory compliant, etc. It's just about what you want to do, uh, uh, where is your focus as your organization. And then Tony talked about standard methods, and we, we, we did touch on that in terms of our structure. Um, there is a scorecard process, outcomes-based view, but that's a little bit more in the next webinar around frameworks. So 
uh, I didn't go into that to too much detail, but, but ultimately there are three main um, KPIs for digital transformation. Do I want reach and revenue? And is it going to deliver on that? Do I want productivity and profit? That's a stage two. And finally, how am I, am I looking for defending myself from disruption or potentially disrupting myself? How am I influencing the market? Those are the three main KPIs that people use for digital transformation um, and, and actually are the benchmark for why are you doing what you're doing. Great. Sorry, guys. Um, I think we're going to have to call it quits because we are way over time. Uh, some of you have been very, very patient. Thank you for everyone, your contribution. Please, please, please give us some feedback. Um, we're going to try and send out a survey. It'd be really useful. I know you've, you've voted here to say how useful you found it vast majority of you found it really, really useful. That's great. Um, I will, um, we'll, we'll learn from that, but uh, you know, uh, we're happy to share the slides. Um, please get in touch if you want to know more, if you have specific issues, you know, this is what we do. We're here to help businesses. Um, clearly, uh, we're a commercial organization ourselves. Um, but we're not, the, we're not like the other guys. We are a think and do organization. We help you come to the solutions, then we help you deliver. Um, so we, we're not just a PowerPoint monkeys. We do actually do some of this stuff for, and help our, our clients do it. So think and do. This is more about think, but there's lots and lots of do as well. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, I'm going to sign off now. And uh, please get in touch if you want more. <laughs>